Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Listen, all you New Yorkers. Taxi. This is the 77 WABC minicast. This is Roger Stone, and this is the Roger Stone Show at 77 WABC Radio. We are the crown jewel of AM radio. This is actually our 30th week here at 77 WABC, and for the next two hours, well, we'll be right here talking news, politics, food, style, and more. So don't touch that dial. This has been a tumultuous week uh, in American politics. For those who were dejected or downtrodden, who thought that Perhaps the country was going to hell in a handbasket and that there was no way to survive. Those who thought that although Donald Trump would win a free, fair, honest, and transparent election, uh, that he might be taken down by the tsunami of lawfare and the various cases filed against him in both New York State, Florida, D.C., and Fulton County, Georgia, well, there are extraordinary developments. Uh, President Trump's lawyers argued in the federal case in D.C. before Judge uh, Chutkin uh, that he had, based on Supreme Court precedent, absolute immunity from prosecution because he was acting on January 6th in his capacity as president. Now, the courts have upheld the principle of executive privilege uh, and immunity uh, right up until they didn't. Uh, In the case of the United States versus Nixon, the Supreme Court threw out several hundred years of precedent because, well, Richard Nixon was extraordinarily unpopular. And that was, in my opinion, uh, a political decision. Uh, The judge ruled against Trump, in other words, said that Trump had no immunity because of his status as president, Uh, and Trump announced his intention uh, to appeal that ruling to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, I'm familiar with that Circuit Court of Appeals. They are the ones who sat on my uh, writ of mandamus when I was gagged by an unconstitutional gag order and not able to defend myself. Uh, And they sat on it for eight months and ultimately punted the decision back to the original trial judge, claiming that I, well, hadn't asked her to remove the gag order, which they themselves, uh, which she herself had put in place, which, of course, she never would have done. Now, uh, Jack Smith, the special counsel, Uh, has uh, decided to ask the Supreme Court to leapfrog the appeals court uh, and take up the question themselves uh, without any decision from the appeals court. Uh, This demonstrates uh, that Jack Smith 
is interested in timing. He's not interested in justice. He's interested in timing. In other words, he wants his case against President Donald Trump to go to trial uh, as early in the presidential campaign year in pos as possible. In fact, right now, the current trial date prior to all matters being stayed by the judge this week was actually March 4th, the day before the Super Tuesday primary, in which the greatest single bulk of delegates who will nominate the Republican candidate for president in 2024 will be chosen. Uh, even the Washington Post uh, had an editorial uh, saying that this demonstrates that Smith's goal is a speedy trial for political purposes uh, and not justice, which proves, I guess, that, well, the blind pig finds the acorn every once in a while. Uh, in any event, for the short term, then, all actions uh, in the D.C. action uh, against uh, President Trump are stayed uh, pending uh, a decision by the U.S. Uh, Supreme Court. In the same week, shockingly, uh, the Supreme Court agreed to hear uh, a case filed by a January 6th defendant who claims that the law uh, uh, that provides uh, that it is a crime to obstruct uh, a, an official proceeding uh, was uh, invalid, uh, does not fit the case of himself and many, many others uh, who were convicted uh, on January 6 related crimes. Now, interestingly, this interpretation of that law came from the Enron case. You may not remember the Enron case. That's the case where Andrew Weissman, a federal prosecutor who's now a legal analyst for MSNBC, uh, was uh, ultimately successful in convicting uh, all of the top executives of Enron, uh, also destroying Arthur Anderson, uh, their accounting firm, only to have all of those convictions reversed. Uh, and Mr. Weissman himself, tongue-lashed by the judge in that case uh, for judicial misconduct. So I would submit to you uh, that the architect of the use of this law is the same architect of its use in the Enron case. Now, uh, is there reason uh, for optimism? Well, let's remember 21 states uh, led by Texas asked the U.S. Supreme Court to uh, to examine the election results in 2020, it is exceedingly rare uh, that uh, uh, when a large number of states ask the high court for judicial review, that it is not granted. Normally, anytime five states, uh, uh, through their attorney generals, ask the court to uh, take cert on a matter, they do so. But for whatever reason, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court refused to ever review the question of the results of the last presidential election, nor have they been willing to examine the entire question of mail-in ballots, which I think may be unconstitutional. So is there hope? Well, we shall see. Joining us on today's show is Trump's personal attorney, uh, Alina Haba, who has just uh, wrapped up the New York 
trial, the so-called evaluation trial, uh, where Trump is accused of inflating the value of his assets in order to borrow monies from banks. <clears throat> this is an extraordinary case, well, because no other person or company has ever been prosecuted under this law, uh, nor uh, have there been any victims. All of the banks had their own due diligence, used their own lawyers. Uh, Trump was a primo client uh, who paid back uh, all the loans on time and with a very, very healthy interest. It's actually estimated that the banks made $40 million on their loans. No victim and no crime. Uh, Alina Haba, again, who I think is the brightest, uh, most articulate, uh, and most persuasive, as well as perhaps the most combative of President Donald Trump's lawyers, joins us today to talk about that case to the extent that she can do so, because there's a gag order in place, as well as the other cases that have been filed against President Donald Trump. You certainly aren't going to want to miss Alina Haba. And then Tucker Carlson joins us for 40 minutes today to talk about whether the federal government really has evidence of UFOs, uh, the potential for a Tucker Carlson vice presidency, uh, and whether China can take over the United States of America uh, without firing a shot. 